Good morning, my fellow Michiganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. Have a pretty good live for you today. Number one, I want to cover an article that came out about a transgender teenager dying after a vaginal plasty surgery that went awfully wrong. And then I want to talk about Natalie Beisner. And I shared this video last night of a former Democrat who walked away, which I think you all need to listen to what she has to say, especially for the people in the middle. Um, because what's going to happen in this next election is going to be do or die for our country, uh, because literally our country is a dumpster fire right now, and we have to do everything that we can to get the right people in the office that's going to represent all of us. And we need the middle to come over to the common sense side. And right now that is the conservative side. And I really want to highlight her and really allow her to just drop the truth bombs along the way because she saw the light and said, this doesn't make sense. And she's going to share a 14 minute story. And I really, really think, number one, that it's important for us to share it. Um, so it gets to the middle because the corporate media is not going to report on this. But also it's going to give you ammunition when you have these types of conversations with people, because everything that's going on right now, our world or our country, I should say, is literally upside down. And we're all just scratching our heads going, what the hell is going on? So I really think this is going to help us with these conversations moving forward and getting the right people into office. But let's get to number one about this transgender teenager dying after this surgery. And I'm going to bring up this little article right now. So in 2016, a medical article revealed that one of the study participants in the Dutch linchpin's transgender experiment had died. A 16-year-old transgender teenager who had vaginoplasty surgery to create a vi vagina, excuse me, later died from an infection. OK, there are different techniques, obviously, for vaginoplasty surgery, including the penile inversion technique, which involves using the penile skin to create the vaginal canal. And the other one is they take the sigmoid colon technique involving your colon using a section of the colon to create the vaginal canal. And so, unfortunately, there were complications with this. The patient was described as a healthy, again, healthy teenager who could undergo the standard vaginoplasty. The patient who had undeveloped genitals as a result of early puberty suppression caused by taking puberty suppressing hormones underwent gender reassignment surgery. The patient reported feeling much better after the operation and having fewer behavioral problems. So let's talk about this. So this is what's unfortunate right now in our society is the medical profession, big pharma, the biggest lobbyist in DC is basically putting all of their money down on this trillion dollar industry of mutilating children. So they get these kids at a very young age, they start conditioning them in the schools that actually have them start to question their own identity. And then they start them on the puberty suppression hormones, the puberty blockers. That has side effects, folks. And so what's going to happen right now, as you're going to read here in a second, is this is what caused her to have this problem during the surgery. It was first giving her the puberty suppression hormones that caused her underdeveloped genitals, okay? And then she went and underwent the surgery and they found out, which is horrible, that the investigation into the young person's death revealed that the deadly strain of E. coli, which killed him, most likely came from the patient's own intestines, okay? Not from the hospital setting, meaning that the patient's early puberty suppression surgery almost certainly caused his fatality, okay? Now, Look, that is the insanity that's going on in our society right now. So they gave this poor young person 
these puberty blockers, which had a detrimental effect, a side effect to the system, which caused the bacteria to be out of control. And when they did the surgery and opened up the colon and made a vaginal canal out of it, right, that caused the infection, which led to this young person's death. My goodness gracious. And that's where, if you've been following me, I've been highlighting a couple of the gays against groomer videos. Um, and they, they've hit the nail on the head. And they're, they're really trying to push out, like, whether you're gay or whatever, be happy with the body that God gave you. You don't need to mutilate your body. You don't need to, to, to chop off your penis and turn it into a vaginal canal. You don't need to chop off some of your sigmoid colon and make a vaginal canal. Be happy with the body that God gave you. And you know what? I don't judge anyone. I really don't. If you like the opposite sex um, or if you like the same sex, that's fine. If you like the opposite sex, that's fine. This is America, the greatest country in the history of our species. I really don't care who you sleep with. What I do care is when they're conditioning and brainwashing these kids at a very young age in the elementary school age, right? I just shared an article the other day that North Carolina schools do, North Carolina, East Carolina University are doing gender reassignment as early as the age of two. Evil, pure evil. And they're jacking these kids up and they're screwing up these kids. Not only did these democratic policies with the lockdowns and the mandates and keeping these kids at home screwed them up mentally during the lockdown, but now we're putting icing on the cake and gasoline on the fire of this. And it's just insane. And that's why it is so important. Now, look, if you're part of the radical left, you don't follow me. And I can give two shits if you follow me, if you do. But number two, there's a lot of people in the middle, old school Democrats who still have common sense. Now, we may not agree on every single issue, but you and I can have a conversation and we can agree that probably we agree on 70% of the issues. That makes us allies and friends. And I'm speaking to the middle right now. You have to look around right now and you cannot agree with what's going on in our society. You cannot agree with what's going on to the border. You cannot agree with letting criminals out to do more harm. You cannot agree to continue the, this democratic policy in these cities continue just to destroy our cities. You can't agree with that stuff. And I know that you don't agree with what they're doing with these kids. Now, there shouldn't be bullying in schools. We can all agree with this. But what's happening right now is they're discriminating against Christians, people of the Jewish faith, the Muslim faith, and every other kid that doesn't agree with the LGBTQ community, which is fine. You don't bully on them. You don't judge them. You don't hate on them. They can live their life as they want. But what's going on is they're enforcing and cramming policy down people's throats for a very small minority of the population that's having a negative impact on the group as a whole. Do you really, and I'm speaking to the middle right now, do you really think and do you agree with biological men playing in women's sports? Do you really agree with biological men going in into women's restrooms and locker rooms and changing and watching young girls change, I mean, it's common sense. And I'm speaking to the middle again. Elections have consequences. And you may hate President Trump because he's he has, you know, a certain personality from his New York and people say he's narcissist and arrogant. OK, you, you're not going to invite him over for Christmas dinner. However, he's going to bring some common sense back if he wins the primary. We have two other people that may be running. Governor DeSantis is another great candidate. Vivek, uh, if you guys haven't seen Vivek, I actually reached out to his campaign to see if he would like to come on the show because I've been watching him and I really like what he has to say. So we're going to have great candidates on the Republican side to choose from. It's up to you to do your due diligence. It's up to you to find out who you're going to support. But we all can agree that whoever wins that primary on that side, they're going to be a whole hell of a lot better than Biden. And I'm speaking to the middle. The people on the right know this. 
The people in the middle, come on. It's common sense now. Our country is burning down, and it's going to be on your watch if you allow this to happen. You have to vote for the people who is going to bring us out of this hole. So let me give you a great example of of Natalie Beisner, okay, and her story of walking away, which is pretty powerful. Here we go. Natalie Beisner, I am a conservative Christian and a political content creator. But before that, I was an atheist Democrat for a long time, and I didn't know anything about politics. In fact, I'm embarrassed by the things that I didn't know. Um, I have lived in Los Angeles for close to 10 years, where I currently reside. And yes, it plays a big part in my walkaway story. I was also an actress for a very long time. So I guess I just took it as gospel truth that compassionate people vote Democrat and Democrats are compassionate people. Um, in 2016, I drove a hundred miles round trip just to vote for Hillary Clinton for president. I was still registered in an old county, despite the fact that at that point I had been living in Los Angeles for close to two years. So that gives you an idea of just how politically motivated I was. I couldn't be bothered to actually register in the correct county, to actually do any research on the ballot. I just really, 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 really needed to vote for Hillary Clinton for president. So I spent the majority of the Trump administration hating that man. I couldn't tell you why I hated him exactly, but I could definitely tell you that I hated him. But something interesting happened during the Trump years. Um, it was the first time that I remember becoming aware of this forceful push for racial diversity above all things, not just in Hollywood, which I have since left for many reasons, but also beyond Hollywood everywhere. It was also the first time that I remember hearing the phrase white privilege. And then I heard it over and over and over again. And even though I was still so liberal, so Democrat, so totally on board with everything, that phrase felt like a little bit of a betrayal from my side because um, it doesn't match my experience. It doesn't match the experience that I've seen my parents have or my family um, I'm incredibly blessed in so many ways, we all are, just to live in this nation, but I come from a family that works very hard and also struggles a great deal to this day. And to be frank, there is no part of me that can relate to white privilege whatsoever. Also, there seems to be no one who can actually tell me what specifically white privilege is, especially when you divorce it from wealth and finances. But I stuffed all that down because I thought it made me not compassionate, not a good liberal. And it's also not exactly something you say as a white liberal actress in Hollywood. But I remember that because it was the first time that I became clued into the fact that something might not be quite right here. And then... 2020 happened. And like so many Americans, I lost both of my jobs overnight, which gave me concern because of my family and my financial situation. And also I just need to work. But I was, that said, I was totally on board with everything. I was scared. I didn't know what was going on and I wanted to do my part. And I did do my part. But as two weeks to slow the spread turned into two months and counting, I did start to have some questions. No one was talking about opening up again, getting people back to work, despite the fact that even at that point, it had become somewhat clear that this was maybe not quite as bad as they had originally been projecting. And thank God, 
Um, and there were strange things going on around me, not just the arrows on the floor of this supermarket to give you a direction which way to go to protect you from COVID, but also all of the parks around me were caution taped off, just caution tape like maliciously wrapped around and around and around, not just the jungle gym, but also the exercise equipment, which was already six feet apart, these body weight machines. And I thought how odd that an adult cannot come to these machines, which, which are six feet apart, out in the California sun to get healthy, to stay healthy during a global health crisis. And then I would take these long walks around Los Angeles and um, just to try to stay sane and somewhat healthy. Um, and I never wore a mask outdoors. I always at the time wore one indoors, which was really just to the grocery store. But wearing one outdoors didn't quite make sense to me, especially because if ever I saw anyone coming, I would get off the street, the sidewalk well in advance, advance into the street. And I would even cross the street if I could just to be respectful. But it didn't matter because every single person that I encountered on those walks throughout 2020, well into 2021, every single person stopped to tell me, sometimes to yell at me, what a bad person I was for being unmasked alone, outdoors, in the sun, on a walk, not sick, well over six feet away from anyone. And sometimes that would be my only face-to-face -face human interaction for the day because I was following the rules. And of course, I know I could have solved this by just putting on a mask for these walks, but that didn't seem truthful to me. I thought, you know, I've already given up my jobs. I don't know when I'll get them back. Turns out never. I stay home. I don't see my family. I don't go out. I only go to the grocery store. You know, what else do these people want from me? I don't understand how I can get someone sick when I'm not sick from across the street, you know, outdoors on a walk alone. So it was these little things that started adding up as not quite right, but I continued to do my part. And then summer 2020, I was told, we were all told, both implicitly and also explicitly, that I could go out and riot or protest, but I still couldn't go to work. And in fact, the same people telling me that I could go out and protest or worse, were the same people telling me that it was still not safe for me to go to work. The people on the nightly news who never let go of their COVID death count yet supported these protests. The Democrat leaders in my city and in my state who locked everything down yet supported these protests. Even some of the medical community, many of whom were telling me I was going to die of COVID, yet many of them supported these protests. I remember reading in the New York Times on CNN about doctors signing letters, please don't shut down these historic necessary protests. And I don't want to shut down anyone's First Amendment right to peacefully protest. But if you were encouraging and supporting these protests, it was clear that this was not quite the level of public health emergency you were claiming that it was. So can I get back to work? I really need to get back to work. And on top of that, I watched these mom and pop shops, these independent stores and restaurants that had just barely been permitted to open in Los Angeles, still with heavy, heavy restrictions. I watched them shut down again, bar up their doors and windows due to peaceful protests. At one point, Los Angeles was under a nightly curfew due to peaceful protests on top of a lockdown that at that point had gone on for many months, would continue on for many more months, although none of us necessarily knew that at the time. And I thought, this is crazy. This is not how I want to live. It's incredibly hypocritical. And no one on the left that I knew, which was everyone that I knew at that time, and no one on the left that I knew of, no celebrity, no politician, no one 
was voicing my concerns or the concerns of the many people like me, the people who would probably survive COVID, but maybe not survive the response to COVID financially or emotionally or mental health wise. And whenever I dared to even remotely voice my concerns, usually in an overly long, overly polite Facebook post, I would be immediately shut down by the Democrat people on my feed, all of the people on my feed. I was called selfish. I was called racist. So here was this white privilege thing again in the middle of this global health crisis, this unprecedented situation, when I was just kind of asking, can I go back to work? I need to go back to work. And what bothered me the most about this was not that these people disagreed with me. It wasn't even that they wanted to keep us locked down. What bothered me the most was that these people absolutely refused to acknowledge that I might have any honest reason for disagreeing with them. And that felt like a punch in the gut, especially on top of the fact that I couldn't go to work, but I was being encouraged to go out and protest. And I did have an honest reason for disagreeing with them. I wanted and I needed to get back to work. And I should have been able to do that. So I walked away from the Democrat Party. For the first time in my life, I could draw a clear, undeniable line from my current state of suffering, my current quality of life, to Democrat policies. And the Democrat Party has proven me correct every single day since walking away. There was one point in Los Angeles after I walked away wherein for about six months, I could not walk into a bar or restaurant in the city that I have lived in for close to 10 years, in the state that I have paid taxes and lived in for my entire life because I didn't have the right medical papers. Now that was all Democrats and I will never forget it. I hope no one ever does. I ended up becoming a conservative Christian, which I know is not everyone's walkaway story, and um, definitely never thought it would be mine. And it didn't happen overnight. It was a slow, gradual process that happened because of two things. When I walked away from the Democrat Party, number one, I became informed and involved with politics for the first time in my life. For the first time in my life, I realized how important not just voting is, but informed voting, how important state and local elections are. I was painfully aware of the fact that my fellow Americans in other parts of the country were leading semi-normal lives despite this global crisis because of the people that they had elected as mayors and especially governors, etc. And I wanted to make sure this never happened to people like me again, so I wanted to be informed about all the things I had been ignorant about. And uh, so because of that, number two, I became, probably for the first time, open to outside voices, to differing opinions. I realized that so much that I had been so sure I was right about, well, I'd been wrong about it. And if that were true, there were probably other things I was wrong about. And sure enough, (laughs) there were. As it turns out, I agree with the conservative position on most issues. On most issues, the conservative position is reasonable, rational, logical, scientific, moral, ethical. The liberal position is emotional. The conservative position has compassion. The liberal position has faux compassion. I am continually struck to this day as I study the history that came before me, the history that occurred during my lifetime that I was ignorant of, and the current situation, I'm continually struck by the fact that Democrat policies time and again harm the very demographic that they were put in place to help. Women, minorities, the people coming in at the border, even with COVID. 
Democrats claimed throughout, and they claim still, that they had the only compassionate response to COVID. Yet, how many people were harmed, self-included, by that compassion? And somewhere in all that, Christ called me back to him. I was saved and um, went back to the church after having left it for a long time, became a Christian. And now, this is the kind of stuff I talk about online on my pages and sometimes at rallies, and I'm grateful to do it. I want to thank you all so much for listening to my story. And the last thing I want to share is, you know, it is one thing to walk away from a party or a group because you can just no longer stomach what it is they stand for. But it's another thing entirely to have a home waiting for you on the other side, a warm welcome. And that's what I found with Walk Away. I think no matter what, I would have always walked away from the Democrat Party on my own um, in summer 2020 because in Los Angeles, I had a front row seat to being affected by the hypocritical, insane Democrat policies. But without Walk Away, I don't know if I would be politically active, politically involved, um, speaking out, speaking out about my Walk Away story. But what I have found with Walk Away, with every person who's not of the radical left, um, there is a tolerance, ironically, and a warmth that the left does not have. You know, over the past three years, I have received a lot of hate from the left for leaving the left. They continue to do what they did with COVID, with BLM, what they do with everything, which is refuse to acknowledge that I might have an honest reason for disagreeing, an honest reason for walking away. But you know what I've never gotten? I have never once received a response of, wow, it took you until 2020 to stop voting Democrat? Why did it take you so long? I never once received a welcome like that after walking away. And I think that alone speaks volumes about the difference in attitude between the radical left and everyone else. And I hope that you know how much that means, especially to people like me, someone who didn't just walk away from the Democrat Party, but essentially had her entire worldview flip, flip upside down over the course of a year. And it is frightening and um, humbling to realize you were wrong about so much for so long and to admit you were wrong and then to receive a warm welcome on the other side of that instead of self-righteousness or vindictiveness. Mm -hmm. That is a wonderful, blessed thing. So I hope you know how much that means to people like me and I hope we never lose it. I wanna thank Brandon and everyone in the walkaway community. Um, God bless you all. Well said. And that's exactly what we need to continue to happen is common sense folks on the other side to say, you know what's going on right now? It's just, it's not America. You know, everything with the insanity of our school systems, with the insanity of the border, the overspending, it just goes on and on. And I just saw an alert pop on my phone that the White House, the Biden administration is now blaming Republicans for the crisis at the border. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do. They gaslight and they continue to push out their lies on their corporate media and they condition their craziness on the left to say, yes, it's the Republicans fault. And we all know that's hot garbage, as we say. Um, and that's why we have to continue to have conversation. We need to get continue to have people in the middle realize that the insanity on this country or in this country right now can be solved with the right people getting to the office. And of course, folks, remember, these folks work for us. These elected officials are public servants. They're not celebrities. They're you and I. So we have to get behind the right people, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So get involved 
at the local level, get involved and get behind the people that you want to get elected. And let's do this together as a movement, as a grassroots army. And I always said this from the very beginning, the power of one can lead to the power of many. You never know what small act that you may say or do, or when you stand up a conversation that you may have, a post, a video that you may do that may literally change the lives of millions tomorrow. That's how powerful you all are as a people and never, ever forget that. We are not powerless. We are very powerful, but we are very powerful together and united. Okay. So continue to share this information because the corporate meeting is not going to talk about this. That's for sure. So God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan, of course, and always God bless these United States. Until next time, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.